this is a standalone message. I'll begin another series uh, next week. If you're a first-time guest with us, we welcome you. If you're a second or third-time guest, we welcome you. If this is your home church, we welcome you today. I'm telling you, you make the place look better. You really do. Okay, so uh, the key text is found in Mark chapter 2, uh, beginning at verse 1. It says, when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no room for them, even outside the door. All we got to get is Jesus here, right? We just bring him with us. We don't have to worry about people coming. They'll come. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head, talking about an obstacle. Then they lowered the mat, the man on his mat, right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. Verse 11 says, Stand up, Jesus said. Pick up your mat and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out. He walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all, he is, he's stunned, he's amazed. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. Just a little simple illustration. Oh, I need my table. Would you bring my table back? <laughs> y'all took y'all's mat and y'all was going home with you. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I say this before I pray and, and let you be seated? This last statement, we've never seen anything like this before. The Lord wants to do these things in your life. He wants some things in your life that come your way that you are shocked and amazed where you will say like them, I have never seen anything like this before. Scripture says, I has not seen Ear is not heard, neither is even entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. God's got some good stuff for you. It's going to blow you away. We believe, I really believe for our church, our word for this year, our faith focus for this year is now. That God is doing some now kind of things, some things that you've been looking for, you've been waiting for, you've been hoping for. And I believe this year it's going to show up now. And I believe it's one of those things that are going to just amaze you. We, we've, we've sort of experienced some of the, not sort of, we have experienced some of those things already. Just God is just, he's amazing. He wants to do good things for you. Hey, we're going to talk about faith today. We're going to look and believe God's word. We're going to take it in our heart. And we're going to have faith to stand. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for every person here today. Thank you for every person watching right now online that will watch later on. That, Lord, that anointing will be there even then when they watch this later on today. That your word and your spirit will speak into their hearts and it will bring a now word to them. That's what I'm praying for us. A now word that faith would come with your word. And I know it will. 
Now, Lord, would you speak to my heart? Church, pray this with me. Lord, speak to my heart. Change my life. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I had the thought when we, uh, when I had this illustration that I would be the one on the table reading the scripture as they were coming in, but I didn't have that much faith. <laughs> this table is a, is a cheap table. I had to get somebody thin. <laughs> Hebrews says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And one thing that we have to be aware of, if you're going to live for Christ, you've got to be a person of faith. You cannot separate that. Hebrews also says this, that without faith it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he's a rewarder of those who earnestly Seek him. God doesn't only want you to believe that he is a great God. God wants you to believe that he is a good God. He doesn't want you just to believe in him. He wants you to believe that he loves you enough that he will do things for you, that he has provided for you, that he will take care of you. So faith is so important. If you want to please God, you've got to have faith. Now, there, there's some requirements to faith. Oh, excuse me. Uh, uh, faith is required for some things from the Lord. First of all, you've got to have faith to experience God. Your salvation is received by faith. When you pray, you've got to have faith. When you read God's Word, it's got to be read with faith that God is speaking directly to you. So to experience God, you've got to have faith. Also, to receive from God. Anything that you receive from God is going to be by faith. Faith is somewhat the currency of heaven. That you've got to have faith to receive from God. Also, to live for God, you've got to have faith. Faith that God will help you, that faith will, uh, that, that will keep you going for God even when you want to quit. Hebrews chapter 11 that I took a couple of those texts from is, is called the, the uh, Heroes of Faith. It mentions the Heroes of Faith. And it says, by faith, Moses did these things for the Lord. And by faith, these things happened. But at the end of the chapter, it says, by faith, there were many who were persecuted for the Lord. There were some who, who were beheaded for the Lord. There were some who were stoned for the Lord. These were, that was done also by faith. So faith is needed for miracles, yes, and we, we want to receive for miracles, but faith is also needed to be able to stand even when you don't want to for the Lord. Faith will give you the, the, the ability to keep going for the Lord even when you want to quit. So we're looking for that kind of faith. We want the, the whole faith. We want faith in its, in its best and that is, yes, believing for miracles from the Lord, the supernatural from the Lord, but also a, a, a faith inside of us that says, I have made up my mind. 
I will live for the Lord even if he doesn't do anything for me. A faith that, that, yes, that gives us what we hope for, but a faith also that's there that says, even if I don't get it, nothing is going to stop me. What I'm saying is I, we have to be determined. It's time to settle it within ourselves that we're going to be people of faith, complete faith. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Faith has what I see to be four legs, four legs of faith. The, the men in the story, I believe, represent the four legs of faith. This, this table is just a little illustration. And these legs steady your faith. These legs support your faith. These legs help position you to be in a place to receive from the Lord. And if this table was lacking one of these legs, it would be compromised. And your faith is similar. If it lacks one of these four legs, your faith is going to be compromised. you got to have all four legs to steady out a mature faith, a, a real faith. you got to have that support. It's got to be able to withstand some pressure. you got to have these legs to help your faith because pressure will come to your Christian walk. And you've got to be able to have these to position you to receive everything God's got for you. So let's look at these four legs, okay? The first one is this, so important. You cannot do without them. First leg is obedience. Now, that's a tough word. I would like to use some other kind of word, but just no other kind of word fits. Because obedience is sometimes tough to swallow. Obedience to God puts us in the position to receive from God. Everything that God promises us is based on our submission to his will. Every promise that God has made is within his will for your life. You have to line up with his will for your life to be able to receive those things. Faith without obedience is like having a gas without a car, having gas without a car. Gas works within the car. Faith works within obedience. You've got to be able to follow God's way to get what he has for your life. You cannot separate them. And so many people have faith to believe God for miracles, but they don't have faith to believe God to direct their life and to know what's best for them. See, we want to still be in control, but we want God to be our waiter to give us what we want when we want it on the time that we want it, and we'll give him a little tip and a thank you. Mm, I didn't mean to be preaching already. I meant to be just teaching. But God doesn't work that way. It is within his will for our lives. The scripture says it this way. Now, this is the confidence. You can put that word faith. Faith is confidence. This is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked for him. So when I know my heart is pointing toward God and I know what God's will is for my life, I have faith to believe he's going to take care of me. Oh, it's a wonderful place to be at. And every one of us, this is not just for the preacher. This is for every Christian, that when you point your heart toward God, you have faith to believe 
great things for him, his promises to be fulfilled in your life because you belong to him. You know the scripture we like to quote a lot of times that God gives you the desires of your heart. And I really believe that's the case. God does. But there's a requirement there. I see that scripture to say God gives you the desires of your heart. He puts the desires in your heart. So when your heart is to do his will, you desire what he wants you to desire. And then when you know that you desire what he wants you to desire, you don't have to worry about faith. It's just done. And God wants you to have that kind of faith, but he wants you to obey his way. It works within the parameter of obedience to him. Another one is this, trust. You got to have trust to have faith. That produces miracles. We must not only obey God's will, we must trust that his will is better than ours. That his way is better than our way. Our trust in God comes from the knowledge that he loves us. And he loves us so much, he knows what's best for us. And because of that, I can trust him to take care of me even when it doesn't make mental I just know God's got something good. He's working behind the scenes. He's doing something that I don't even understand right now, but that's okay. I think I'll know later on. And that's the kind of trust you have to have in your Lord, that he just takes care of you. You don't have to doubt it, that, that he loves you enough. You're special in his sight. And because you're so special, he just got some good stuff for you, even if you don't see it at the moment. The scripture says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. To be able to walk by faith, you trust that you're going to be led the right way. And God wants you to have that kind of faith, even when you do not understand it. Now, now us, some of us have to see it. We have to know. We just have to, we just have, to have that idea. We've got to be detailed. We gotta, and you may have a little bit of a harder time with faith. Because there will be some things that come your way that you will not understand. And if you don't stay in faith, Satan can use that opportune time. He would call it an opportune time to lead you astray or to get you discouraged. Don't do that. Just trust God's got it. He's working behind the scenes whether you see it or not. He's doing some stuff for you that will be better for you than you could plan for yourself. Now, that's worth the price of admission right there. Here we go. The third leg is hope. Hope is the foundation of faith. Without hope, you cannot have faith. And the King James says it's the, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the, hope is the beginning of your faith. If you lose your hope, you lose your faith. And if you lose your faith, you lose your connection with God and your ability to even receive from God. Don't lose hope. Now, I really believe the Lord put this message on my heart this morning because somebody's hope is being lost. Somebody is losing hope, and the Lord is going to breathe faith to you today if you'll open up your heart. The Bible says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Now, the fourth one is this. Faith takes some action. You can talk about it all day long. But the Lord is going to ask you to put some feet to your faith. Faith has feet. 
Your faith must have action that accompanies it. Faith should cause you to act differently than those without faith. Faith should cause you to talk differently than those that don't have faith. Faith should, should change your whole life because you are people of faith. Now, these four legs support your faith. They position you so you can receive from the Lord. Now, let's see what kind of faith we have. Let's take some inventory, okay? And it's got to be done by you. I believe the Holy Spirit is going to help you. Uh, there are other stages of faith, but I wanted to mention to you today seven stages of faith. And I want to see where you are in this. Faith is ever-changing. It should be, but always for the better. The first stage of faith is this, a measure of faith. The Bible says in Romans 12, so I say through, for I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Paul is here instructing the Romans, don't be prideful in your religion. Don't think you're something because God gave you the ability to receive anything from him. You got to have faith. He gives you the ability through faith. It's not of yourself. We can't save ourselves. We need a Savior. And so what is so awesome is when the Holy Spirit comes to convince us that we need a Savior, he gives us faith with it so we can receive the Savior. Wouldn't that be pitiful if the Holy Spirit came and said, uh, you're lost, you need a Savior. If you don't change, you're going to go to the devil's hell. I don't know, the Holy Spirit may not said that to you, but I'm just saying for example, for example. And when he comes to show you that you need a Savior, he gives you the faith to be able to receive the Savior. It's a measure of faith. And if you receive Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit who gives you that measure of faith. Isn't that wonderful? I believe salvation is the greatest miracle you and I can experience. To have all of your sins forgiven is the greatest miracle. And I believe that if we have faith for that, that measure of faith, that we have enough faith to believe for any other miracle, any other secondary miracle. I believe any person that's received the Holy Spirit in their life at salvation can go and lay their hands on anyone else and believe for healing. And they have enough faith for that. Now, the person you're praying for may not, but you should have because you've experienced the greatest miracle. So it is a a measure of faith, but faith doesn't stop there. Let me give you this scripture. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourself, it's a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Again, there's grace to save you, that's what Christ did on the cross, and when the Holy Spirit comes and knocks on the door of your heart, that's grace, says you need a Savior. Then, for you to be able to receive that, you got to have faith. It's through faith. So, But your faith doesn't stop there. This is, this is the hard stage. And uh, many of you young in the Lord, maybe you're going through that right now. Uh, it doesn't get easier because this stage comes back around at different times. It's a purified faith. This is where your faith is going to be tested. And that's never pleasant. In 1 Peter, it says... We should rejoice, though. Though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials. How many of you have been there? You, you, 
you, this is some, this is some, I know this is a trial. Me and Patty at one time early on in our life, we were believing the Lord and we had two cars. Her car broke down. And then with a few hours, my car broke down right after that. I mean, and we both realized, oh, this is a trial. This is too obvious for us not to realize that this is a trial. God is trying to see how we're going to handle this. And I think we halfway passed. It's obvious. Some of those times you know, okay, oh, wait a minute, this is too obvious for me. And you take your, it's to test your faith, and we should be happy about that because there's a good result coming. It says, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it's tested by fire, but this kind of purified faith, it may be found in re, to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. I mean, that kind of faith just shows itself, and when it shows itself, it honors God. Have you ever been around those kind of people that they're going through it? And I'm telling you, you've been through less and wanted to give up more. But you see them, they're standing firm, going through what they're going through, and they're still proclaiming Jesus, believing Jesus. Those kind of people will, will quicken your heart. I mean, the Holy Spirit will use them to quicken your heart to say, where's your faith? If they're going through that, praising God, what are you facing? They have a purified faith, and the Lord... One thing about faith, it has to be purified. When that faith comes, it has to be pure. It has to go through a genuineness. It has to become pure faith. Where you believe God, not just for what he can do for you, but you believe God in, in things that you don't see. You just believe him to take care of you, even when it doesn't make sense. And then that kind of faith grows. It's a growing faith. Faith that gets roots. It goes deep. Not, not a fair weather kind of faith, but a faith that that you can stand on and others can, can find shelter from because it grows in such a way. And in Thessalonians, it said, We ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more. And let me just stop just a moment and, and thank our elders in the church, not in age, but in faith. Thank you for just staying with the Lord. I'm looking across this room, and I can see many, that you have just stayed with the Lord, and your faith has grown and grown and grown. And sometimes maybe you don't feel like uh, you're significant, but I think God keeps good records. And there are people that can come under your shade when they feel weak in their faith, that they can just come and see you and just get up under your, your tree of faith, right, and just get refreshed. Thank you for that. And we all want to be there. Let's determine in our hearts that we're going to be those people that we just stay with God and we just keep growing in Him and growing in Him so we can help someone else. That's a growing kind of faith. There's four ways your faith grows. I think these may be in your notes. Trials, we know trials. I'll put you some scripture references. These would be great scriptures to read later on. James says, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. Now, that's a little difficult, right? Because it's hard to thank the Lord for the trial before you. But if you think past the trial and see what the trial is going to bring you, you can thank the Lord for it. I mean, when you keep that kind of perspective, that faith kind of perspective, you don't just take anything at face value. You say, oh, 
It's a little song that I think I helped write a little bit. This trial is earning me a blessing. I don't know if y'all remember that song, but I was going through it that week, and uh, the Lord said, this trial is earning you a blessing. And I just began singing it. This trial is earning me a blessing. And it does. That's the truth. It's scripturally correct. It's going to earn you something if you just don't take it at face value. Let God do it. He's going to bring something amazing through it. God's Word. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So if you want faith, you got to get some spiritual ears. Spiritual ears come from God's Word. If you're not in God's Word, you're not hearing from the Lord. You're not having the faith that you could have to get through what you need to and believe God for what you need to. So important, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit perfects faith in us, helps us grow in our faith. Our prayer language helps produce faith. There's a scripture that you can read for that. And so important, that should be number four, your experiences should help grow your faith. Please, don't be saved 10 years and still have elementary faith. Don't, God, God gets upset when he does something for us at one stage, then when we move on and we're faced with the same difficulty that we still need him to, we don't have the faith that he'll believe that he'll do it again. Children of Israel got in all kinds of trouble because God would give them food when they needed it, would give them water to drink. They'll go a few miles down the road and need water again. They begin doubting God all over again. And God was trying to build their faith. So what I'm trying to teach us today, if God did it for you then, have faith to believe that God will do it for you now. Your faith has got to graduate a little bit. You've got to get into high school with your faith. Right? You can't keep going back to the first grade. Say, God, I don't know. I know you did it for me then, but I don't know if you'll do it. God doesn't like that. Your faith is meant to grow. and So your experiences, you should be able to say, well, wait a minute. God did that for me. He'll do it for me now. Amen. So let me give you the fourth stage of faith, and it's a gift of faith. Oh, I love this one. This is when the Holy Spirit just shows up and gives you faith beyond the faith that you already have. It's a gift of faith. I think that's what Patty had that time that she believed God was going to give us a car. I've shared with you probably many times we needed a car to go raise money to go to the mission field. We need a good car, and and Patty said, God's going to give us a car. See, I had faith to believe that God could. She had faith to believe that God would. There's a difference there. I know God can do anything at any time. Will he? Is it his will? But she knew God is going to give us a car. And when the person approached us, asking us, what do you need? I said, I'll just pray for it. And, And the person got real confused. And they thought, well, I thought God wanted me to give you a car. And before I could say anything else, Patty said, yes, that's it. (laughs) I was just trying to be all spiritual, you know. Just pray for it. Patty was grabbing the keys. Can we look at it, you know, kind of thing. Because it was already so real to her. She knew it was coming. She just didn't know when. That's a gift of faith. God wants to give you that. You know, sometimes you just need that. You just need him to give you that kind of faith that, it don't matter what the circumstance, you just know it's done. That's what the Holy Spirit does at times. It, scripture says, now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Talk about the Holy Spirit. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. To another, faith 
by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. Now, do I have to have a gift of faith to receive a miracle? No. Uh, it's a measure of faith that you can have to receive that miracle. Just that gift of faith makes you more sure of it. It sure helps you out a lot. All right, so then I love this one because being of age now, this really applies to me. Stage number five, there's a finishing faith. And I am so thankful there's a finishing faith. Sometimes, I, I think it's true in, in walking and racing and like competitions, even though I've never raced in a competition. I've, I've walked in a, in a little small walk before. I find that the second half is harder than the first. The second half, you, the first half you have energy, you have excitement, but then it gets real. And I want to encourage us that have been in the faith for a minute, there's a finishing faith to you. That we can be like Paul who said, I have kept the faith. I have finished my race. Can I tell you, God wants you to finish and he wants you to finish well. There is a scripture that I've had a problem with getting older and it's found in Joel. It says, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. I love that part. Uh, your, sons, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your, old, your, your young man will see visions, and your old man will dream dreams. And I've always had a problem. Older guys, I had a problem with that. I'm just going to tell you. Because now that I've gotten older, I take that verse as to say, all you can do is dream about it. <laughs> <laughs> young man is seeing some visions. You just seeing some dreams is all you're doing. And I took dreams as looking back. And Pastor Eugene uh, asked me uh, a couple of months ago to come sometime this summer and, and speak at something he's having at his church. And always, as always, I, I immediately, God, you let me know what you want me to say. And instantly, almost instantly, he brought that verse back. What? <laughs> and he began to teach me about that verse that the old man dreaming dreams is not a negative at all. It's we've experienced more so we can see more. As a matter of fact, he told me a vision is a dream, not full grown. So all young, young men see the vision and they have the excitement for that, but they need us older guys to be able to say, let me show you how that fits. And let me tell you what God is, let me give you the, the full story. This is what God has done. This is what he can add to your vision. Now we need them for the energy, Amen. There's a finishing faith. I'm trying to tell you, I'm trying to encourage you today. I believe the Holy Spirit will do a better job. He wants you to finish strong. It's not time to sit back. It's not time to not believe God for great things. Just because sometimes experience can skew your faith. And you can say, well, I hope for that. I, I, don't, I don't want to get my hopes up. The Holy Spirit wants to tell you to get your hopes up and keep them up. As a matter of fact, the older we get in the faith, we should get them a little higher and a little higher. That's good preaching. I'm going to say it if I say it myself. Let us run with our endurance the race that is set before us, looking until Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, that Jesus begins it in you, and he's going to give you faith to finish it. Now, the last two is where I believe the Holy Spirit really wants to work this morning. And um, so we, we let our faith grow, and we're, we're finishing strong. But you have to be careful for these next two stages. 
And the sixth one is a shrinking faith. A shrinking faith. Because disillusionment, discouragement, and delay can nibble away at your faith if you let it. It will, Satan will use those things to try to talk you out, to try to shrink your faith. Now, as a Christian, you're going to go through times. Those are sort of the valley experiences. That if you're not careful through those valley experiences, your faith can shrink. If you listen to your enemy, if you start looking through your natural eyes too much, your faith will shrink. And that does not please the Lord. He wants your faith to constantly grow. The Bible says from faith to faith, glory to glory. That at this faith, I see God's glory, I experience his glory. That should cause me to go to another level in my faith. It should never shrink. And honestly, at times, I'm sure it probably does for most. And it takes the Holy Spirit to wake us up and say, wait a minute. The Holy Spirit speaks to me like my mama used to speak to me. Say, wait a minute, have I not already told you this? Does anybody the Lord speak to you that way? And did you not already hear me? And the scripture says, but my righteous one will live by faith, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back. Now, this is the Holy Spirit helping, right? And are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. We're not going to be like that. We're not going to give in to disillusionment. Just delay. Just because it ain't happened yet don't mean it ain't going to happen. Discouragement. Well, wait a minute. No, I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord like Abraham. And then the last one. Would you stand up and I'll give you that one? The last one is a lost faith. <clears throat> lost faith. You can be sitting in church and have a lost faith. You have a memory of faith. You can have a, you know, just faith as a memory. But there's no hope inside. So many people know to do the things of God because it's the right things to do. But they have no faith to receive from those things. They lost faith. Lost That is a difficult place to be. You cannot be happy in that place. Jesus, speaking to them in a parable, it said he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. And he's talking about a prayer of faith. Because later in that parable, I won't read it for time's sake, but later in that parable, he says this. When the Son of Man comes back, will he find faith on the earth? Will he find those people that will believe me all the way through? Hebrews 10.35 says this, don't throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. I think that's very significant. Satan cannot steal your faith unless you give it to him. 
He can't take it from you. He'll talk you out of it. He'll try his best to talk you out of it. But he can't take it from you. You have to throw it away. You have to be the one to give it. And maybe today, there's someone in this room, maybe there's someone watching right now online, that you are contemplating just giving it away. I can tell you, you will not be happy if you do. The greatest thing you have, this is my default. When things don't look the way I think they should, maybe a little disillusionment, when I have to battle discouragement, we all do, we all have to battle it. We shouldn't give in to it, but we all have to battle it. When there is some delay coming my way, well, wait a minute, God, I thought by this time, This is what my default is. But at least you're saved. At least your sins are forgiven. And if you breathe your last right now, you're going to be in eternity in heaven. What's so bad about that? And that's a faith that just sees you through. That's a faith that's looking to Jesus, not looking to your circumstances. But at the same time, God wants to do some amazing thing in, things in your circumstances. I'm so thankful. Aren't you? He just got some good stuff set aside for us. I want to pray with you. Uh, first off, Nick came home this weekend, and I'm telling you, we can't afford to have him home long. <laughs> you people that have kids that are away, you know when they come home, you kill the fatted calf. I told Patty he'd been home 24 hours and we'd have spent $2,400 on him. I'm telling you, we can't afford that boy. We can't afford him. And he knows every time he comes home, I'm going to fill his car up with gas. I told him, son, every time you come home, I'm going to fill your car up with gas. And we were out riding around spending our money yesterday. And um, I mean, whatever he wants to eat, whatever, you know, it's pitiful. It was pathetic. And uh, we were in his car, and uh, he conveniently said, let's go in my car. So we were in his car, and I said, um, now, how much, how much gas you got, uh, son? He said, I got about 100 miles left. I said, well, let's go ahead and you know, pull over, and let me go ahead and get you that gas. He said, uh-uh. I want to wait till it's all the way down. He's a smart boy. He knows that he gets more miles on the way home and left over if he gets all of that out. He wants his money gone. And I thought about that illustration. Wouldn't that be great if we just look to our Father God that way? That just because I'm your son, I'm just going to believe you to take care of me. Just because I'm your daughter, I believe I'm special in your eyes. I don't deserve it. No, no, no. And I'm not prideful. I won't boast in it. I just believe you think I'm special. And he does. He does. Will you bow your head? Now, Lord, even saying that, some have a hard time believing it. Would you let them know today they're special? Would you bring you back an instance where you were there? They don't even know it, but you were there. As the worship team done such a great time, a great song all this time.
Lord, would you let them know all this time you have been right there with them, taking care of them when they didn't even know. Would you let them know that, Lord? You covered them. You kept them to this very moment. And Lord, you have great things in store for each one, and I thank you for that. I want to pray for those who you need your hope restored today. You are, are having a hard time hoping again. I'm going to tell you to get your hopes up in Jesus' name. Get your hopes up. You, don't you doubt the Lord now. He's been too good to you, for you to doubt him now. If you need the Lord to renew your hope, to strengthen your hope, therefore strengthen, strengthening your faith, would you just raise your hand straight up to heaven? I need some hope today, Lord. Lord, you see their hands. Now, I want you to first ask the Lord to forgive you for doubting him, okay? Lord, forgive me. I shouldn't have doubted you. I shouldn't have done it. You've been too good to me for me to doubt you now. And Lord, forgive me for that. And he will. He sure will. He wants to. Now, Lord, hands raised up right up high real good. Lord, faith, would you do that? Give hope right now. <laughs> I know you are. I know you are. You've been waiting on this moment. Give hope again. Lord, give faith. I know faith comes with that. Where they begin to think again about the possibilities in you. Lord, I thank you for it. Lord, we give you praise for it. For, Lord, give a gift of faith. Would you do that for some they, that are going through it right now? They need a gift of faith. Would you do it for them, Lord God, where they just believe and it's done by your spirit? And, Lord, it's a gift of faith that will help them through until they receive it. Father, I thank you for it. I give you praise for it. You thank the Lord for it, okay? Thank you, Lord. It's by faith I receive it. By faith you receive it. Say, Lord, I receive it. By faith. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, the most important thing that can happen today is for your relationship with the Lord to be right. For there will be nothing separating you from the Lord. I prayed with someone. This has been years ago. I was at the altar praying for someone. And they came up to me, and they had faith. They wanted me to pray for them for about, a, I think it was a sickness or something like that. And I said, okay, the Lord can do it. But first, have you committed your life to Christ? And they said, no. I said, well, let's believe for the greatest miracle first. And right there, they committed their life to Christ. That's the greatest miracle. And there should be no sin that separates you from the Lord. If it is, you can repent and get closer to the Lord, okay? And you've got to do that. I want to pray for you. Heads bowed just for a moment. And we, the way we do it around here, we just pray it all together. If you have sin in your life and you want to ask the Lord to forgive you, now is the time. If you've never committed your life to Christ, I'm telling you, there's not a better day than today. And I want to pray with you. Let's pray it out loud, church. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me so much that you gave your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Would you forgive me for all my sins? Would you come into my heart? Would you change my life? And I'll do my very best to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Heads bowed just for a moment. You say, Pastor, that was me. Would you just raise your hand? That was me, Pastor. I prayed that prayer. No shame in that. Just say, Pastor, that was me today. If you're watching at home, you can just raise your hand. The Lord sees you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, you can put your hand right down. Praise the Lord for you. 
And it's going to be wonderful what God does in your life if you allow him. Hey, so glad you were here today. I'm telling you, invite your friends and your family uh, to church. They're looking for a good church, okay? And invite them, um, ask them to come and, and join you. Take them to Waffle House early if it takes that to get them here, okay? Get them some scattered, smothered, covered chunk if it takes that to get them here. Let the Lord change their life. All right, I want to pray a blessing over you. I admit I don't have this blessing memorized. I had it written down a couple of weeks ago. It's a scripture, uh, so I don't quite have this one memorized, but it's going to be a blessing, sure enough. And I know enough of it, I think, to, for it to truly be a blessing. Would you raise your hand if you want to receive that? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he let his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great Sunday.